0: Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax. Get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi, guys. Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. We got a special treat for you guys this week. We're not going to be doing any listener stories. Instead, we are going to be doing our first interview. Yay! Other people... People other than me talking, it's always a good thing, right guys? <laughs> um, so anyway, this week I thought we would uh, branch out into some other aspects of the paranormal other than hauntings, and we have got uh, somebody that I know fairly well, I would I would say. <laughs> um, my uh, wife actually is on the show with us, Becky, and she is a very long time... Uh, student of tarot and has actually begun teaching other people about it so I would say she would not say she's an expert but I would say she's as close to an expert as you could probably find so at any rate guys we're going to talk to her about uh, tarot about some of the uh, misconceptions some of the things that people might not know about tarot and hopefully get you guys some good information on an aspect of While some people might not consider it paranormal, the way that it acts a lot of times delves into the world of the paranormal. So, hope you guys enjoy this interview. So, at any rate, I guess we should start off. Becky, say hi.
1: Hi.
0: And um, I guess we should really kind of start where most people would start any kind of uh, delving into this kind of information. What exactly is, in your opinion, tarot?
1: Tarot is a set of 78 cards divided into three sections. The 22 major arcana cards from key 0 to key 21. The 40 minor arcana cards from the ace to the 10 of four separate suits, the same as in our modern uh, playing cards. And then the 16 court cards. In the modern playing card deck that we play with, we have the... um, jack the queen and the king and there's an additional court card in each of the suits for the tarot so we also in addition to the knight which is the jack the queen and the king we also have the page or the princess or the daughter depending on the deck that you use um there are three most common forms of tarot in use today in, in 2018 that i am personally aware of that is the original marseille which has been around since as far as I know, sometime in the 18th century, the Rider Waite Smith tarot, which has been around since the beginning of the 20th century, unless I'm mistaken, and then the Toth tarot, which was created by Aleister Crowley, also in the early part of the 20th century
0: okay so you're so you're basically saying tarot because i always had the impression i think a lot of people other a lot of other people did too that tarot was you know at least hundreds and maybe even thousands of years old that it's this ancient card thing that uh, people have used are you saying it's not really that old
1: it's not as old as most people think that it is no not in the version that we use it today the modern tarot it has been around for a little over 300 years.
0: Okay, so that's actually that's pretty old. I mean, when you compare it to the you know the Ouija board and stuff like yeah. that, uh, it's actually fairly old. Uh, now, a couple of the terms that you throw out that I'm not that familiar with. Uh, when you say arcana, what is an arcana?
1: The arcanas in, uh, in the tarot are derived from the term arcane. They refer to the uh, divisions of cards, the different families of the cards within the, uh, the tarot decks. You have the Major Arcana, which are the Trump cards. These are the major themes that we have throughout our lives. Then we have the Minor Arcana cards, which are the events of our lives. And then within that Minor Arcana, we have the Court cards, which represent the people or the personalities in our lives.
0: Okay, so so when you say Major Arcana, that is, I I think, if I understand this correctly, that's what most people, when they think tarot cards, that's what they're thinking about, are the... The one like the Fool card and the Devil card and the Tower card and stuff like that. that's the Major Arcana. Is, is that right or am I way off on this?
1: Those are the cards that you will most likely see when you see tarot introduced in television or movies. You'll see the Major Arcana cards laid out in a spread known as the Celtic Cross. That's the most common cards that you do see in, in popular media, yes.
0: Okay, So, and I, I can kind of visualize that. So what you're saying, though, is that there's a whole nother set of cards with those Major Arcana cards that play into it. Do you, do you have to use all the cards, or can you just use the Majors, or how does, how does that work?
1: That really depends on who you ask. Um, I think that a lot of people who read Tarot find it's easiest to start with the Major Arcana cards. They're somewhat easier to learn, at least on the surface of the interpretations of those cards, because there aren't as many of them. Uh, Most people who I know who read, read with all 78 cards because it's difficult to get a clear picture of any situation only using themes. And at least the way that I read the tarot cards, the major arcana represent the themes of our lives. However, if a person draws several or mostly major arcana cards in a spread, it usually means something really big is moving in their lives. Um, the other thing to think about in relationship to the trump cards, the major arcana versus the minor arcana cards, is that the major arcana cards are usually have some sort of astrological or zodiacal influences on them, whereas the minor arcana cards have elemental
0: influences. Okay, so do you have to, for example, um, I think you know I don't really put a whole lot of stock into astrology, for example, it's just my personal thing uh but do you does it always tie into it or do you have to is it necessarily a you have to have a belief that astrology is real in order for tarot to work for you or is that just something as like another tool in the shed
1: i think it has more to do with knowing what the astrological significances are regardless of whether you believe in them that those influences are still present in the cards um it'll help you to understand for example if you're looking at a card that represents the planet jupiter to understand what it what jupiter represents in astrology when you're reading that card it's just a way to go deeper with the cards you don't necessarily have to follow all of that i tend to read a a deck that's more uh toth based which means that it relies heavily on those planetary astrological zodiacal influences as well as other other influences as well. So for me, it is important, but it isn't something that everybody necessarily uses when they're reading tarot.
0: Okay, well you, you talk about uh, the way that you look at it. What, what actually got you into tarot to begin with?
1: I was very young and I was rebelling
0: <laughs> against the
1: Catholic school that I had been sent to by my parents. Right. And I had discovered Wicca and decided that Tarot was gonna be part of my experience with exploring pagan belief systems. So I got my first deck for Christmas the year I was 12, I believe, and that was the Hanson Roberts Tarot which I still highly recommend for beginners. It is a Rider Waite Smith clone and actually the artist who created it is the same artist who colored the Universal Waite deck as well. So she's fairly well known and it's a wonderful deck for beginners who are looking to, to learn Rider Weight Smith.
0: Okay, hold on, hold on one second. Whenever you say Rider Weight, I don't know about anybody else, but I visualize you're talking about the weight of the cards. Is that, is that what you mean by weight? Or is it, is when when I hear Rider Weight, I think, okay, it's this weight and it's that weight, and maybe there's different thicknesses to the cards, things like that. Or
1: the name Rider Weight Smith, it refers to the names of the people in the company who are behind this original publication of the Rider-Waite Tarot deck in
0: 1910. Okay, so so Waite doesn't mean like... Waite isn't a weight.
1: It's the name of the instructions that were written by the mystic A.E. Waite.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: And then the Rider is the company that published the deck, and Pamela Coleman Smith was the artist of the deck... Um, and her story is actually quite interesting, so anybody who's interested in tarot, especially in the uh, the writer deck, I would recommend researching her and getting to know her a little bit.
0: Okay, cool, excellent. Well, it, that's a history lesson for you guys, or a history assignment for you guys who are in, interested in the tarot. Go look up...
1: Pamela Coleman-Smith.
0: Pamela Coleman-Smith. You guys all get on your little Google machines and look up Pamela Coleman-Smith and... Has some interesting reading there maybe backing up a little bit uh and you've probably already answered this given out this information but i'm under the impression that there's only one type of tarot but uh, you've mentioned a lot of different systems are there more systems of tarot than just what people visualize
1: the tarot that most people think of when they think of tarot is the writer tarot deck published in 1910. there are however two other uh forms of tarot that still remain popular which are the Marseille tarot which is as far as I understand it the earliest form of tarot and it is still in use today and you can still get a deck of Marseille tarot cards and there is the Toth or Thoth tarot deck created by Aleister Crowley based on Golden Dawn traditions Thelema and other um other aspects Toth goes deeper than Rider weight does for example there are more layers of meaning in a top deck than there are in a rider weight deck it's more complicated there are more uh there's more symbolism within the cards tarot is generally however read the same way regardless of what type of of system you're using when reading the tarot what tarot system you use
0: okay that that makes sense so but then looking around the house there's about I, I'm just estimating here. I think we have about 917,000 tarot decks in this house. and so it's actually
1: about 12.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I was just going by a guesstimate looking at the bookshelves. But um, are there any differences then in the decks? Why are there so many? Other than just the aesthetic purposes, which the, if, if anybody's ever looked at tarot uh, cards, even if you aren't into tarot itself, the artwork is incredible. Um, i'm a guy who is very much into into art and i like looking at the artwork uh, but there is a lot of different versions are there different purposes for the different decks or is it all just aesthetics that you know you see one that oh i really think this one's pretty so i'm going to use it or is there actually a reason to have multiple decks
1: that's a very complicated question
0: that's why i ask.
1: and this is a question i answer a lot when i go on live videos i personally own multiple decks because each deck feels different to me it reads differently to me based on the artwork the artwork speaks differently to certain people certain decks will speak differently to certain people a good, the best example I have right now is, um, and I, I speak kind of with my hands and I show things, because I'm used to being on video. So I'm...
0: It's it's a good thing that this is an all-audio podcast. Yes. So, <laughs> this, this lends itself well.
1: <laughs> I know, this, this lends itself great, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, the best example I actually have right now is a deck that I've been struggling with in the last few days because it is the deck of the month in one of my uh, tarot groups, Tarot Nerds which if you're interested in tarot, it's a great group. I I think you'll probably like it. Feel free to stop on by.
0: And that's a Facebook group?
1: That is a Facebook group. I do not run this group. I'm not associated with this group other than being a member. But our deck of the month for this month was the Everyday Witch Tarot by Deborah Blake and Elizabeth Alba. And it's a very cartoony deck. It's the deck that I suggest my students – it's the deck that I recommend my students start with. But I have found that this deck is actually more complicated than I thought at first glance because there are small symbols in the imagery that we don't I don't always take into consideration. because when I first started reading Tarot, I memorized some keywords and I went from there, trusted my intuition, ran with my gut a little bit. But this deck is interesting because, for example, if I'm reading for somebody who's writing a book, the card that I pull might have a book. Illustrated on the card, I have to look to that book, even if the card that I pulled is say the King of Swords, which has absolutely nothing to do with writing a book.
0: And it's it. I'm looking at it, it is it is when you say cartoony, I was thinking Pokemon.
1: <laughs> like there is a Pokemon deck.
0: Though. Yes, I, I you've told me about that. It's, it's amazing. Basically, if you can think of a subject, there is a tarot deck out there, I'm, I'm sure there's a, like a superhero tarot deck, I guarantee you. I haven't somebody, seen one yet, but
1: probably. there's
0: If there's a Pokemon one, there's got to be a Spider-Man one. I just assume that's probably true. Driving
1: <laughs> back to your question a little bit, though, because I don't feel like I answered it particularly thoroughly. What you'll find is that certain decks speak to you in different ways than other decks, too. So I, I have my main deck that I use most frequently, which is a kind of Toth-based deck, combined with Rider weight traditions, then I have several other decks that I, I handle and I use and I read with with some regularity. And what I have found is that some of these decks are, are better for interpreting different types of situations because the imagery speaks differently to me for each deck that I have. And I can honestly say I think that if I had several decks illustrated by the same artist, they would probably all speak the same language. So I don't necessarily see the point in owning um, several decks by Paulina Cassidy, for example. I do have the Spirit Song deck, but I wouldn't necessarily purchase the Paulina Tarot or Joie de Vivre, for example.
0: Okay. Well, in the wild thing to me, and this is where it kind of lends itself into the a little bit more into the realm of the paranormal, is when you talk about decks speaking to you and decks, you know, you, it almost sounds like you're saying the decks have a personality. Is that correct or...?
1: depends on who you ask um personally i i speak a lot of decks having personality but that's really in my opinion it's a personification that i have put on the deck the artist has a personality and the artwork speaks to a personality and it's i treat my decks kind of like they're different friends because each of them has a different kind of way of speaking to me through that artwork but i don't particularly think that the deck itself is its own oracle it's not its own being i don't see the decks themselves as having supernatural ability the supernatural ability if there is any is in me
0: okay so when you're talking about you know the decks they don't as you said they don't necessarily have a personality on their own but they are talking about slightly different things on each deck so how do you as somebody who is reading her how do you know i guess what I would say is, how would you know what the artist intended that meaning to be? Do you just derive your own meaning from it, or does the artist tell you somehow what this actually means?
1: Either or, actually, a lot of people, uh, increasingly actually, with a lot of the newer students, and to be, to be fair, I've been studying for 26 years now, so I came up kind of with tarot when there were far fewer readers, but so some a lot of the newer readers who are coming to tarot later in the game are learning to read purely based on their intuition they never crack a book however there are a lot of books on tarot actually on our bookshelves yes i've
0: noticed
1: <laughs> and um and there's still several more that i would like to buy even as a more experienced reader so you get some of the meanings for the cards from the books that you read and then each deck which is really what we're driving at here the difference in the decks um each deck generally speaking comes with what's called a little white book or it comes with what's known as companion book and those are Sometimes written by the artist, often written by the person who conceptualized the deck and then hired somebody else to draw the artwork. So you understand then what the what the imagery is meant to represent by the person who drew the artwork because they provided you with a booklet that has that information in it.
0: Okay, that that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's kind of like a, a owner's manual, or a user's manual kind of. for the for the book. Okay, yeah. um, for the deck rather, not for the book. When you're talking about reading for someone, this. I know the visualization I get is that you are drawing on energies. You're, you're using this. I don't want to compare it to Ouija boards, although a lot of people for some reason do. But it's kind of the same thing where you're drawing on energy that you might not necessarily uh, be in control of. And you're the conduit for it. I'm, I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. But where where does this information come from?
1: That's a very difficult question to answer because I think it depends. I think it varies from person to person. I personally believe that, and I think we're probably going to come back to this at a later time, but I personally think that anybody can read tarot. Anybody should be able to pick up tarot, crack a book and read the cards. There is certainly an energy exchange that happens when reading tarot. If I was to read for you, for example, which for anybody listening, I never have. So that's kind of an interesting (laughs) point. We've been together 14 years and I've never read tarot for this man. Um, but it is an energy exchange so the reader takes some energy from the person they're reading for and they use that energy to pull the cards and then read those cards based on their exchange with the person that they're reading for some people believe that they are in communication with spirit guides when they do this some people who do this also practice mediumship not everybody does so it really depends on the person that you ask what they access when they're they're drawing tarot cards for me, it's an energy exchange. At least I used to think it was an energy exchange, pure and simple. Things are starting to change a little bit. Um, some clear sentience is beginning to, to become uh, a matter that I'm, I'm dealing with now. I'm knowing things that there's no way I could have known. So that's that's an interesting uh, aspect of the tarot. Sometimes a card comes up and I think, you know, the book says it means this, but I have the feeling it's trying to, you know, convey this, this message. So
0: so there's there's a there's a theory out there and i don't know if this ties into it or not but uh and i you know you and i have talked about this in the past of the the universal base of knowledge almost yes. like a universal the library akashic records the akashic records uh is that where you think then a lot of this knowledge would come from could be okay so this, this would be a way this would be like your library card
1: Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. I've never thought of it that way, but that's a really good way of putting it. The cards are kind of like your access pass to universal knowledge.
0: Okay, well, and you're talking about how uh, anybody can read tarot, and I understand the whole aspect of anybody can deal out cards, you know, and anybody can set up a Celtic cross or a three-card read or whatever system they want to do, Um, but would you consider that then a skill, or would you consider that a natural talent, or is there a way that you can that you can go from one to the other?
1: I think it's both. Um, anything that we do that we that we're particularly good at, usually there's natural talent, even if it's a learned skill. Anybody can learn to draw, for example, but not everybody is going to be excellent at it.
0: Okay, so. If you started off with tarot and you had no natural inclination for it, would that person be as successful then as uh, somebody who is, for example, reading, as you say, intuitively, who, is you, who are using their own innate abilities? Is there an advantage, I guess I would say, to one or the other?
1: I don't actually think that there is an advantage one over the other. This is a question that's come up a lot. In groups that I follow recently about whether intuitive reading is superior to book learning, I personally don't think either is is superior to the other I think anybody can learn. I think anybody can get good, but that it can take more time for certain people to get to get as good as other people may be early on or naturally.
0: Would Would you compare it to And uh, this going back to where to my personal comfort zone, would you compare it then to uh if you're doing a haunting investigation to somebody who uses purely a scientific method of okay i'm going to rationally look at this place and i'm going to set up cameras and i'm going to investigate it with just just equipment with nothing else uh versus somebody who says no i'm not going to use any equipment i'm just going to go in with empaths and with mediums and we're just going to sense i think we can
1: both agree that somewhere in between is the best okay that (laughs) kind of makes sense
0: (laughs) By the way, guys, this is the first we don't normally agree on what you mean. But I think you're probably right there. Um but is there is but you don't think that there's one way that's better than the other, necessarily. I think
1: the middle ground is is the best way, to be honest with you. I have I think that people who start out applying strictly their intuition don't tend to be as successful over time as the people who start out with book learning and then learn how to intuit the cards. It's throwing the cards down and applying your intuition and saying, I think that the Seven of Cups refers to the fact that you're going to be happy in this new job. I don't think that's as practical as understanding that the meaning of the Seven of Cups is fantasy, potentially overindulgence, or too many choices. I think that it's helpful to know what the definition of the card is before you start to apply your intuition, because intuition only adds layers of meaning to that card or nuances of meaning to that card. So, for example, if I was to draw the Seven of Cups for you right now, I might say that you're finding yourself having difficulty maintaining your current diet plan because i mean and this is because i know you obviously and i know where you're at but it could represent you have this plethora of choices and you want to choose from all of those choices so you're kind of lost in the fantasy that you can do that and still stick to your diet
0: yes that's that's not me at all <laughs> <laughs> um so so i guess using my very poor analogy earlier then it would be you would say the best method of, if you relate it to like a haunting investigation would be go in with the scientific mindset but have an empath on your team yes. to point out the hot spots but don't use that empath as the evidence. Yes. Use use the empath to guide you, use the equipment as the evidence.
1: Yes. However, I would say that using your example, you wouldn't be able to get as far using only the scientific method applied to your investigation as you would with the empath.
0: Well it, it depends on your on your intention. If your intention is to debunk, you obviously would, but
1: possibly. But you may not get the specifics that you would with the psychic on your team, and that's the way that tarot works for me. At least I know what the meanings of the cards are, but without my intuition, I'm not able to dig into the specifics that apply to the individual client. And when it comes to a field where it's easy to say that we're guessing. Or that this meaning could apply to anybody. And you mentioned earlier astrology. That's what you think of astrology. With your intuition, you're able to kind of pinpoint the specifics of what a person may be going through because either you know what their situation is to a certain extent because i try to talk to my clients i know a lot of readers try to have a discussion about how things are fitting in how the puzzle pieces kind of fit together because sometimes it's possible to misread the energies because for example the earth energy of the pentacles can refer to health or money this is a situation i had fairly recently actually um but so we do like to have discussions with our clients however The intuition is the way that we dig deep into those very specific things where we can say it looks like this card is talking about your boss wanting to give you a raise and you not being comfortable taking a promotion type of thing. That's where intuition comes in because the card, single card, three cards aren't usually really enough to get that deep without the use of intuition.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. When you're talking about intuition, that leads me to my next question which would be have you had any bizarre things happen in tarot because if we take it under consideration that we're delving into the akashic record if we take it at face value that we're dipping into knowledge that we don't have personal access to consciously uh then the evidence of that would be bizarre things happening have you had stuff like that happen
1: now To be perfectly honest, I don't have a lot of really bizarre situations that have come up frequently while I read. However, the other night, uh, we actually did an extended live session on Facebook that lasted five hours. Oh, my Lord. And for those of you who don't know, Facebook cuts you off after four, and we actually had to go into a second feed, a second broadcast for the the final hour.
0: That makes me tired just thinking about it.
1: (laughs) But during that time period, and I've mixed my my cards up, my decks up, Um, but during that time period... I was reading with a friend and we were both reading. Is what I'm trying to say here. Sorry. And we would sometimes pull the same cards for the same people, or we would draw the, for example, we draw the same, I think it was the six of, of knives in my tarot of vampires deck. Not a hundred percent. That was the card that I know. We drew the same card, I believe three querants in a row. And each time that we drew it, the intuition told us that it was a slightly different situation or a different way of interpreting this particular card. So we were able to pinpoint the specifics of what we were reading for. And we were doing themed readings on the subject of gaining trust with tarot clients as well. So they were, they were specific, very themed readings. But we were able to drive at what was specifically meaningful in those cards for the clients, because of that access to the intuition, rather than simply reading the textbook definition of the card.
0: Okay, and that's that's wild that you would have the same card come up multiple times. Yeah. I mean, that's that to me. People who know me uh, know uh, I play a lot of poker. I play a lot of cards, and that would be akin to getting the same two cards if you're playing hold'em over and over and over again it just doesn't i mean it happens but it's so bizarre that things like that would and happen
1: honestly to use that example a situation i had a few days ago i was reading i was doing a free reading for a client and i had been very ungrounded it was kind of last week was kind of a difficult week in general and, and the day that i was doing this i was very ungrounded i was shaken, I was struggling to get into the right frame of mind. And I, I put some cards down and I felt like they made absolutely no sense. So I picked them up, I shuffled again for a few minutes, Put the cards back down. And got exactly the same cards. Came so uh, maybe they were, they're trying to tell you they something. They were in a different order, but they were the same cards. Came up again, and the right. order they were in the second time it was it was easier to piece together what the information was trying to say relative to her, her uh, situation.
0: So so maybe whatever the cards were trying to say, they figured well she didn't get it the first time. Maybe if we break <laughs> it down into little simpler terms,
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting too because if you if you say all right, this deck isn't isn't working for me today, let me switch decks. A lot of the time, you'll still turn down turn up the same cards a second time from another deck it's bizarre and it's it's actually quite fascinating as well as that we in tarot we have what we call the stalker card so sometimes you'll have a card you know if you're a tarot reader or if you're somebody who who uh gets readings a lot you'll have a card that that appears frequently in your spreads or as your card of the day uh, for example, I had the Four of Cups all last week, which tends to refer to, in, the, in particularly in the Toth deck, which I was drawing from my uh, Tarot Vampires and then my Tabula Mundi app on my phone, um, I was getting the Four of Cups a lot. And in that deck, it refers to luxury and overindulgence, uh, which is different, actually, than the Rider-Waite deck. It's it's uh, actually quite a different interpretation. And so it, it was quite relevant, actually, to what was going on for me during during that week but we would call that a stalker card so if you frequently draw tarot cards or you frequently frequently get tarot card readings if there's a particular card that you see every time you draw that card is important and you need to focus on that and figure out what it means because it's not going to stop showing up until you do
0: it's going to beat you over the head with a brick
1: my, my, you know the king of <laughs> the king of sword swords
0: what king is a sword? swords
1: <laughs> the king of swords was stalking me for actually two weeks before i had to have emergency surgery thought i'd figured him out but he is still showing up wow at least a couple times a week Okay.
0: so and you mentioned the app on your phone so i, I assume that there are then tarot apps that mm-hmm. you can download uh when you do that do you feel like there's as much of a connection or a meaning with an app as you would with actually having cards in your hand because i would think and i'm i'm a i'm not a technophobe but i am very much an old-fashioned person where i don't like for example reading books on kindles i don't like uh doing when i when i write i write longhand and then i type it in i can't seem to write actually on the computer itself i have to have pen and paper in front of me so to me it doesn't seem like there'd be as much of a connection do you feel that way, or do you feel like there's just as much of a connection if it's electronic?
1: Okay, well, two things. Really, the only reason that I downloaded these apps on my phone, and they're they're relatively inexpensive, but they are paid apps, is for entertainment purposes. It gave me a way to uh, use my tarot when I'm not at home without having to drag my cards out of the house and out of their safe spaces where they're not going to get bent, damaged, lost, dirty, and so on. So, originally I kind of agreed with you I didn't really think that this would be a great way to read tarot or and I I know you know you'd mentioned some interest in this I also have a Lenormand app on my phone which is another form of cartomancy but originally I didn't expect much however I do find that they read accurately and it got me to thinking about you know what is a tarot card it is a piece of cardboard printed with an image in a factory that prints playing cards of any sort. There is absolutely nothing special. Right, it's, it's
0: not like somebody's sitting there chanting over right. a card while they're drawing right. or painting. That I thing. mean,
1: and, I mean they, they might be, but this, this is the be. original painting.
0: But right, exactly.
1: It's a printing of that painting. Right. So in terms of its accuracy or the connection to the cards, et cetera, there's no reason that a digital app shouldn't be just as effective as having the cards in your hands unless you happen to be someone who connects to objects by touching them which interestingly enough i am
0: right i, I know you're, you're a very tactile person as as, as am i it, that's why i would i would personally think that there would not be as much of a connection with something that's just I zeros and one on a screen much. well of course not because you know it's like looking at a picture of food versus eating the food i
1: like looking at pictures of food
0: i do too i like everything about food <laughs>
1: I'm not a foodie,
0: but I do like looking at <laughs> pictures of food. Okay, so kind of turning the corner here, what would you say is, what is tarot actually used for? Because we now, we have a lot of information. We understand the different types of cards and what the different types of cards, their purposes are, things like that. What is tarot actually used for? Because everything I see, and again, my relationship with tarot is purely from seeing uh, you a little bit in action, but then also mainly from movies and TV and things like that. And there's always, always a gypsy in a uh, in a bunch of curtains, drawing cards, and in the background you've got a crystal ball and stuff like that. And so you think, oh, it's fortune telling. But the way you talk about it, it's used for different stuff. What do you actually use tarot for then?
1: I mostly use tarot for self-help personally. It is a good tool for planning it is a good tool for laying out various different options. Tarot can be exceptional actually, and I'm, I'm particularly fond of Toth for this purpose, but it can be exceptional at telling you, if you do this, this is the potential outcome. If you do that, that is the potential outcome. And when you have that information, you're forearmed with the information that you need to make good decisions and to make good plans. It's great for goal setting, It can be exceptional at giving people hope when they're feeling blue. It is a good way of connecting with your shadow self.
0: What do you mean by shadow self?
1: Carl Jung and the shadow self. He also used tarot for uncovering the parts of yourself that are hidden. Shadow self refers to the parts of you that even you don't want to recognize in yourself. Often these are the things that we dislike about other people, but we don't want to admit about ourselves a really good example and one that i've seen probably the most often in reference to the shadow self is the person who will say i'm not a racist but shows many racist behaviors in spite of saying i'm not a racist they don't want to recognize it in themselves because it's dirty and it's not pleasant so shadow self are the things that we don't like to admit about ourselves maybe we have an anger management problem that even we have under control, but we don't wanna say to ourselves, okay, it's my responsibility that I feel this anger all the time. That's the shadow self. So Tarot is an exceptional tool at uncovering the parts of ourselves that we are not seeing, options that we're not seeing, parts of our relationships with others that maybe we're not seeing. It is a really good tool for helping ourselves to be our best selves.
0: The flip side of that though is what, is there anything actually that Tarot's not Use for or that people think that tarot is used for that that's not appropriate use for tarot
1: okay so some people do use tarot for fortune tell however the vast majority of us do not no future is ever set in stone the tarot can tell us what potential outcomes are but it is not good at telling us precise outcomes even on a day-to-day basis I will say, I'm going to kind of slide in here a little bit. There are forms of cartomancy that can handle prediction a lot better than tarot does. I would particularly recommend those who are interested in any kind of fortune telling, check out Lenormand. That's L-E-N-O-R-M-A-N-D.
0: Are there any kind of dangers to tarot? Is there anything that could be like, and I hate to keep using the Ouija board, as uh, parallel to it, because as we've talked about, it's really not. But we all are familiar with the dangers or potential dangers of using Ouija boards. Are there any dangers to using tarot? Because you are opening, if you think that you're using the Akashic Record, you are opening yourself up to that universal power.
1: Um, We talked about this before. Are there dangers to using a hammer?
0: Well, yes, if you don't know how to use it, of course. There's
1: a danger to using any tool if you use it improperly without grounding yourself, without guarding yourself. An energy exchange can potentially be dangerous depending on who you're exchanging energy with. You can be, for example, the last few days I've been extremely drained from that five hour session. You can be drained. It can leave you feeling tired. It can leave you feeling out of sorts because you've spent a lot of energy putting into a reading or um, or connecting with another person. However, um, I would not personally say that tarot automatically or naturally opens us up to dangerous entities or powers on its own. If you open yourself to those powers when you're using tarot, you know it's basically the same thing as using a very loud piece of equipment without earplugs.
0: Okay, so you're so if you use a tarot, if you use tarot, if you read cards. You're not going to invite, say, negative entities into your home just because you're reading tarot cards or anything like that. And, of course, that's not saying that that people, because I know a lot of people see tarot and see things like that as inherently evil. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that there's anything inherently evil uh, about it. It's, as you said, it's a tool. Right. Um, But are there any... And I I think that's a big misconception that people have. Are there any other real big misconceptions that folks have about tarot that that you would really like to clear up that people should know, hey, this isn't really what it's all about?
1: The first one that um, I would particularly want to go over is that uh, the misconception that tarot predicts the future because the future is not set in stone. We can give you an idea of what a potential outcome will be if you continue on the path that you're on or if you use the advice that the tarot cards have given you for example i tend to read for advice that i'll I'll tell a client that this card in the outcome position represents if you do what the cards are suggesting you do in this spread this is what the likely outcome is going to be however we don't generally or we can't generally tell you what is going to happen using the tarot cards because tarot focuses very much on what's going on inside of you so it can't address i suppose it can i don't use it to address for example whether your neighbor's going to get into a car crash
0: right so it can't it can't be used to predict a specific event
1: it probably can it's not how most of us use it right um and then the other misconception that i'd like to kind of cover is that tarot is not necessarily in a part of witchcraft a lot of people who practice witchcraft um do use tarot as a tool to help them with their craft however tarot and witchcraft are not fundamentally inclusive of one another so someone who practices witchcraft may not use tarot and someone who practices tarot may not necessarily practice witchcraft there are for example in the groups that i'm i'm a member of on facebook there are a lot of christian tarot practitioners there are a lot of atheist tarot practitioners.
0: That, it, that seems like that would be bizarre to be a, an atheist and, and practice tarot. Just because tarot, if you use it the way you're describing, lends itself to thinking that there is some... not. I don't want to say necessarily higher power, but there's something outside of us, which would seemingly preclude atheism.
1: I can't speak to the atheists because I am not an atheist. <laughs> uh, you'd have to ask one of them, I suppose. A lot of the atheists that I know through the group, though, or through the groups, I should say, do have a belief in something beyond themselves. They don't believe in God, but they believe in, say, universal energy.
0: Okay, that kind of makes sense. So then, I and I guess, uh, because as you know, I, I am a Christian, and I have a lot of Christian friends, and their mindset would sometimes be that, well, tarot is evil in itself so it's not evil or anything like that by any stretch
1: tarot itself is pictures printed on cards
0: there's nothing inherently evil there's
1: nothing inherently evil about it
0: again there's nothing inherently evil about a hammer until you start taking it up against somebody's head
1: right and you know i would challenge people who who are christian who are bible believers how they feel about for example bibliomancy i know a lot of Christians use Bibliomancy without even thinking about them doing. it, and for those who don't know, Bibliomancy is using books, not specifically the Bible, but books to either predict the future or to seek guidance on a particular question so. If you're a Christian who's ever you know opened the Bible to a specific page put your finger down on a passage and said that's my passage of the, of the day that's going to guide my day it's absolutely no different than that. In fact, some Christians that I know who read tarot believe that God is speaking to them through the cards.
0: Uh, and and as a as a Christian, I mean, obviously, I don't have all the answers, but I would say that that mindset of of God speaking through cards uh, is as valid as any other opinion on it. It's definitely, you know, God, in my mindset is all powerful, so he can speak through whatever he chooses to speak through. He can speak through your parrot if he would like to, but that might <laughs> that might end up with you being son of Sam. I don't know <laughs> that would be a little bit different. Okay, so kind of wrapping up this whole conversation that might have been the longest that Becky and I have sat down and talked face-to-face in a little while. Um, uh, Don't give listen us- to him. <laughs> no, listen to me. This is a podcast. You're supposed to listen to me. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> if we um, if were to get a uh, bullet point, bulletin board, 30-second overview of what you want people to know about tarot, could you give us that?
1: Sure, tarot readers use tarot as a tool for helping people to understand themselves, um, their lives, their situation. You should always obviously talk to a professional such as a doctor, a lawyer, or a therapist for anything that's important for legal matters or medical issues. But a professional tarot card reader can offer you advice on your situation or help you through difficult times in your lives or difficult decisions. Uh, readers vary from very blunt to friendly and compassionate, empathetic. So it's really important for you to find a reader who meets the needs that you have and who you feel you're able to communicate with.
0: Awesome. So if somebody wanted to learn more about tarot specifically, if they wanted to really dive in deep with this, what's some resources they could use for that Um, other than just going and buying a deck of tarot cards and reading the little book that comes with it?
1: First of all, I've Really think everybody who wants to read or does read should have a copy of the book Holistic Tarot by Benabel Wen. It is an absolute monster. It's over a 1,000 pages, I believe. I know it's over 800, so it is a big, big book.
0: And we're, and we're going to put these links to these books and resources in the notes for the show, by the way.
1: It would not hurt you to have a copy of one of the basic tarot decks, whether it's the Rider tarot deck or the Toth tarot deck or a basic Marseille deck, whatever tradition you want to read in. It wouldn't hurt you to have a deck, and they don't necessarily have to be particularly expensive. Um, And then I love Facebook groups. I was a forum girl while those were popular. Now I'm in in several tarot-related Facebook groups. And the one I am most active in at the present is called Tarot Nerds on Facebook. You should be able to search it and find it through through the Facebook search. Um, That one is my present favorite.
0: Okay, and what if people wanted to reach out to you specifically? Because I know that you have started teaching classes uh, on tarot uh, through Facebook and things like that. But what if they wanted to reach out to you specifically?
1: My website is coming up hopefully in the next month, although I think it's going to take a little bit longer to put it together. Um, the website is going to be called Tarot Tea Room. And it, that will be tarottearoom.com. There should be a landing page right there, that, right, there right now. We're setting this up. And we are currently setting up our Facebook page as well as a Facebook group for the Tarot Tea Room. So you are more than welcome to check those out and just keep an eye on it while we get them set up. We just started last week.
0: Okay. But they can also find you on Facebook? or. Okay. And do you want us to put, I guess we could put a link to that in there too?
1: That's my person. That's my, like. Me, on Facebook. That's all I've got right now. Actually, you know what? I've got Divination by Devin, but it might be confusing because you introduced me as Becky.
0: Whatever. We'll figure it out. Okay.
1: If you're interested in a reading, you are welcome to find me at Divination by Devin on Facebook. Just search it in the search bar. Devin's the name that I use for my tarot practice. And I'm more than happy to do readings. They, they cost $5 a card, and I do those readings via Facebook Messenger.
0: Awesome. Well, Becky, I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show with us this week this was an awesome episode and we shared a lot of really great information um in future shows we're going to try to get some other interviews going with some investigators some movers and shakers in the world of the paranormal if you guys like that let us know if you have any suggestions for people that we can talk to about this kind of stuff. I liked having this chat instead of just reading stories. And we do love reading your guys' stories. Don't get me wrong. Keep sending those stories in because that's the heart of this show. Uh, and if you would like to submit your stories or if you would like to comment or uh, suggest people for future shows, just check us out on Facebook at True paranormal The Podcast. That's True Paranormal The Podcast on Facebook. and hit that like button and make sure you check out our message me button and our email button and shoot us your story or shoot us your comments or suggestions or just say hi we like hearing from you folks also if you uh, are listening to us on iTunes be sure to check out our archived episodes there and give us a rating and a review we again we love hearing back from you guys in the meantime Thank you very much for joining us this week and every week. And be sure to check us out next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast.